Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the membership program specifically for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch a successful podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, become the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And joining me on today's show is Carla Webb. Carla is a Christian. Christian relationship and divorce recovery coach. And she coaches people who are struggling in establishing healthy relationships or they're going through a divorce. Now, her areas of expertise are creating healthy boundaries in relationships based upon biblical principles and to help people change their mindset from searching for the person they want to spend the rest of their life with to becoming the person they want to spend the the rest of their life with. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk about the importance of creating healthy boundaries in our relationships. We're going to talk about reframing our mindset from searching for that person, that right person to spend the rest of their life with, to becoming the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, as well as how can a person of faith go through a divorce without losing their faith and so much more. So let's welcome Coach Carla to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. You are so very welcome. And talking about a topic, I don't think I've actually had anyone on the show before to discuss. So it's a pleasure and honour to have you here. What is it that led you down the path to becoming uh, a divorce uh, and and relationship coach Mm -hmm. and the divorce recovery coach? What was it that led you on that journey? Yeah, well, great question to start with. Um, I am a woman of faith that um, 12 a little over 12 years ago, went through what is classified as a very high conflict divorce. And that then went into a four-year custody battle. And um, what happened is I was in what was a quote-unquote Christian marriage. We were both people who identified as Christian and, and you know, we went into it as a, um, you know, based upon our faith and, and those types of things. And what I came to realize over time was that what I was experiencing within our marriage was actually considered abusive and that I was actually in an abusive relationship. Um, But I call it the church checklist. Whenever you go, whenever you're thinking about um, the things that are going on in your marriage that you aren't, um, that, that don't feel healthy, you know you don't like them at the very least, uh, and, it, and it gets very confusing for you, and maybe you go to your pastor or an elder or someone that you trust in the church, and you the questioning typically, typically goes, well, you know, are they hitting you? And my answer was no, you know, he's not hitting me. He's, he's never, you know, I don't have any bruises, no black eyes, anything like that. Um, well, is are they cheating on you? Is there adultery? And um, he was not as far as I knew. And I still don't believe there was any adultery uh, on him on his end of that. And then 
it is well god hates divorce and the i and so this concept or idea that there are such things as emotional abuse um and and financial abuse and sexual abuse within a marriage uh spiritual abuse verbal abuse that there are multiple types of abuse that can be occurring beyond does he hit you and is he cheating on you and um so you know i was 13 years into uh, our our marriage and just had really lost myself because it was well this i had just resigned myself to well this is just my life and this is just as good as it gets for me and i did have uh there was a on tv um there was a program on tv and it said you might be in an abusive relationship if and let's say there were 10 bullet points i could identify with eight nine you know the ones that that weren't physical abuse i was like that's me and so that was like the big aha moment that like what i'm like i'm a christian and this is this is supposed to be a christian marriage but what i'm experiencing is considered abuse and uh it still took me two years to get to a place where I was ready to end the marriage and to leave. Uh, But it really set me out on this journey of what is a Christian biblically based marriage and where did I get it so wrong, (laughs) you know, or why, why didn't I know what I didn't know and why wasn't I being taught this by the church? Yes, And so I, that's where I started really uh, diving in. And that's what led me down to down the path. And what I found is not only did I not know what I didn't know, but there are a lot of people in the church who did not, who don't know the same things either. And so I just, um, that became my passion of, of saying this happened to me. It's probably happening to it. Well, statistically one in four women in the church because it's one in four women period doesn't matter um you know whether they're of faith or not or socioeconomic status and one in seven men so it's like this is happening in our congregations and nobody's talking about it so that is that's what led me into uh, to the journey that that's right it's yeah. interesting, isn't it, that often we will go through a, a circumstance or in, in your instance um, with your marriage and because there was nothing there really to support you, you realise there was this huge gap and uh, we often then um, become part or start teaching, don't we, in an area that we think I would have really benefited and would have really been blessed by having some support in that area. So what were some of the things that you found out? I mean, I mean, obviously you said what you did is you went to the, to the Bible and you found, you know, what are these biblical principles when it comes to healthy relationships? Uh, what were some of the, the findings, the ahas that you had, the insights? Well, so many times we lead with that we are in love with someone, you know, and almost all of us that are uh, people of faith have had, you know, first Corinthians chapter 13 read at 
probably almost all of our weddings, it was, you know, we had a, uh, as a wedding gift, we had a cross stitch of it and it was literally on the wall. But um, my, you know, my husband, my ex-husband, my spouse was not actually loving me in the way that the Bible says. So love is patient. So I, I created a checklist, a relationship checklist, and it's really first Corinthians 13 as a, as a questionnaire and people don't understand that it's really biblical principles, but it's like, um, I wish I had one next to me, I, but it's like, love is patient. So it's like, you know, is your, you know, is your partner patient with you or does your partner lose, you know, lose their patience? You know, are they patient? Are they kind? Um, do they treat, you know, uh, are they rude to you? Do they treat you? Do they speak kindly to you? Um, do they um, hold things against you? Do they hold grudges? Are they jealous? Um, you know, those types. So going through First Corinthians 13, but if you really use it as a checklist, if I were to have used it as a gauge, he would not, you know, ha I wouldn't have been able to check any of them because he didn't, you know, he wasn't treating me kind beyond, um, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't know where all we want to go with this, but in an, abu a, an abusive relationship doesn't start out abusive. If he yeah. treated me these ways initially, well, then we would have never gotten to the altar. I would have mm -hmm. cut it off. So it's like, it, it's a process um, that comes over, trickles in over time slowly. Yeah. And, but if I would have, before I walked down the aisle, if I would have had this checklist of, is our marriage really going to be based upon biblical love? I wouldn't have been able to truly check that off. Right. And then when we go to Ephesians five, talking about a marriage relationship, it is based on the, the, Three key principles is love, honor, which in today's term, we would probably call respect yeah. and cherish. So does this part, do you love each other? Do you honor? Do you treat each other with dignity and respect? And do you cherish each other? Do you feel cherished by each other? And so um, those are, I, those are, I'm sure those aren't new concepts or new, new things that you've never heard before. Any of us that have done any type of premarital, we've, we've at least heard those scriptures, but I don't think that we've really ever been, been presented it in a way that we say, if these things are missing, that could be at the minimum an unhealthy or toxic relationship, but could set you up to be in an abusive relationship and marriage. Yes, yes. And so when you started doing, because I'm sure you would have done some research as well, and, and research, as, as you said, one in four uh, women are experiencing some form of abuse, which is really quite horrendous. And and I think even, too, ar around the world, I mean, uh, various studies being done, particularly with what's happened over the last two years with different lockdowns mm -hmm. and so forth around the world, it's caused even more uh, concern within the family unit too, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because of the additional stresses and, and things going on, which can unfortunately 
if there was something that was not healthy previously, mm -hmm. it can exacerbate it, can't it? Um, and, you know, and I've, you're not the first person that I have heard share uh, things because, unfortunately, in some instances, uh, you know, if we think about our elders and, the, and those people at church, they're not really trained in a, in a way to be able to support in that area, isn't it? And so sometimes it, when people feel a little bit uncomfortable or inept, we can sometimes, and, you know, not judging or anything, but just mm -hmm. say it, it's easier not to talk about it then, isn't it? Let's just not talk about it. Is those, oh, yeah. those kind of the, the, the responses that you found? And, and looking mm -hmm. back, is it because you found that people aren't then trained, that they aren't um, given the resources to be able to support yeah. these people who may find that the people within the church community are the people that they trust and would go and share with. We've got to know mm -hmm. how do we respond in that way? What support yeah. can we provide them? Is that missing, something that you found was very missing? Absolutely. And um, I will say it has been quite disheartening to me as I approached, you know, churches about speaking at their church or putting on a seminar or workshop or speaking to their women's group or their youth group because, you know, we want to teach them about healthy relationships young before, you know, they get older and set that foundation. And um, very, very rarely have I, has anyone accepted my invitation to come and speak? Yeah. Um, I have been told things like, well, we just take, we'll take care of our own. First of all, that's probably not really happening here, but if it is, we'll take care of it in-house. Um, uh, or I have been told, oh, that will just open up a can of worms. I was just going to say, yeah, that's just, yeah let's, let's not those were, That was literally what was said. Oh, that's just going to open up a can of worms. And then what are we going to do? And I know, and I know that they feel overwhelmed by it. And it is a very, you know, it is a very, obviously a very sensitive topic. And what happens if you do have someone, not just you know, anyone in the church, but what if you have a church leader? What if it's one of the deacons or what if it's the pastor or what, a, you know, or the Sunday school teacher and you have someone in leadership in particular that their spouse is saying, this is happening to me. And from, you know, what I have found, this is, this is considered abusive. Mm -hmm. And so then how do you address that? And um, most of the time, I, I, I wish I had better news, but most of the time it is really put on the victim. Um, and, uh, and most of the, most of the time the victims are women. I don't, you know, obviously it's not an absolute, but the vast majority of victims of abuse are women. And a lot of times um, they are asked, well, what are you doing to cause them to treat you this way? What are you doing? You know, are you being, and are the word we love the most of, are you being submissive? Mm. Are you being submissive enough? You know, it may be what if you, and are you praying enough? Are you praying for your spouse? Are you reading your Bible? Are, you know, all, and so it gets put on that victim. And then it also gets put on the victim that, well, if the victim leaves their abuser, mm. that the victim 
is breaking the marriage covenant. Mm. And, God, you know, and then that goes into the God hates divorce. When the truth is the abuser is the one when they chose to abuse the abuser and the abuse broke the marriage covenant, mm. not the victim leaving the abuser. That's not what breaks the marriage covenant. And um, but that is a really, really hard message um, that to get to the church and they really don't aren't open to receive it, which is what led me. I originally started this as a ministry. Yeah. And when after years of just like knocking on the doors of the church and all I got was bloody knuckles, yeah. I was like, how can I serve serve these people because a ministry isn't working for me because I can't get into the churches. How can I serve them? And that's when I looked into getting certified as a Christian life coach, which then evolved into being a relationship and divorce recovery coach. That's, you know, where I found that I, um, I help the most people and, and got the most transformation uh, for people in my coaching business was specifically focusing on relationship and divorce recovery you know, and for women of faith. Yeah. I mean, if you think of um, the, so many different areas where, and when I say this, you know, we're all, all of God's children, we are part of one, his, his church, one big church, his church. Who else is there to be able to support than and be able to talk about what are healthy relationships. Sweeping it under the carpet and not wanting to open up a can of worms doesn't mean that it's not going to, to, to be there. Wouldn't you like to sew into the lives of your young children to talk about what is acceptable, you know, and, and mm -hmm. biblical principles around re relationships rather than uh, leaving it, unfortunately, where someone lives? Often in silence, isn't it? I Although I do think um, now women, because of what, what is being shared openly, you got the source from another, you know, from outside of the church, hey, are you being abused? I'm assuming the resource mm -hmm. that had the 10-point checklist was not necessarily came from um, like a church environment. It was a secular. Well, if you... It was Dr. Phil. <laughs> it was Dr. Phil. I was walking through the living room and the TV was on and it was Dr. Phil. And that is what that I stood frozen in my living room, just staring at the screen going, I'm not crazy. Yes. The things that I thought that he was doing were wrong, really were wrong. Yeah. And I'm not crazy. And then that sent me, that sent me searching, that sent me Googling on the internet, that sent me to the National Domestic Violence Hotline to see, you know, what do I do? Yeah. Where do I go? Where, how do I, how do I get help? Yeah. We should have been at the forefront. I think the church, we need to take a lot, lot, good, long, hard look at ourselves because we have remained silent in areas that we should have been in the forefront 
We've got a whole book that's got, you know, step by step, point by point on what are, you know, healthy bound, um, you know, clear boundaries and, and relationships. And I tell you what, if, you know, but thank goodness for, for people such as Dr. Phil, but we can learn from that, can't we? And I think there's a lot of guilt and shame around that as, as well. And it's kind of the Lord says, leave that, you know, he did not require you to spend years, decades in an abusive relationship, you know, and unfortunately, yeah, cries for help uh, because we didn't want to open up a, a can of worms. I say let's open up that can of worms and let's get the Holy Spirit within that. The, there's been stories that I've heard from people and I'm sure you've probably got, you know, incredible stories of people too that when you allow the relationships and the Holy Spirit to meet a couple there to work in their heart and, and change their heart, couples who, uh, and it's going to be different for everyone, but I'm just saying that if we if the church will be courageous enough and allow the Holy Spirit to work in that area, there will be restoration in relationships that would otherwise continue and would then end in in divorce because there just is no other way um, than to, to, to see then, isn't it, the end of the relationship because there's just no way you would expect anyone to have to live through what you've experienced and others may be experiencing. So, um, yeah, it'll take courage, I'm, I'm sure. But even having this conversation, I think, Carla, thank you for, for stepping out. How many women and men um, who are themselves not feeling unheard mm-hmm. um, for, for, you know, when they go and they will speak to their the pastor or to an elder or to a deacon or someone that they trust in the church only to be like, well, you know, uh, what what are you doing to contribute to, to that? And then that can feel quite helpless. So what are some things, what are some insights that you would want to share with someone who can recognise that, hang on a minute, what Carla has been saying, I'm not experiencing that in my relationship. And in actual fact, if they were to go through that 10-point is this something that you're experiencing, they would too, like you, you had eight. They too have uh, resonate with that. What are some insights that you can share with them today? Well, you know, as far as resources or just, or where all of the things, yeah, all um, of the things. Yeah. The, the, the first thing I would say to you is you are not crazy. That if, if you've been, if you have been feeling like, um, that the things that the relationship that you are experiencing with your spouse, um, is, not at the very least, you know, you don't like it. This doesn't feel you don't feel safe. Mm. You don't feel safe in your marriage. You're supposed to be able to be vulnerable. That is your spouse. That is your partner. You know, that's the one that you've become one. You're supposed to have become one with. And so if there's anybody that you can be vulnerable with and share your true feelings and and uh, your anxieties or the things it should be your spouse and when you find yourself walking on eggshells and you are just you you become really kind of like they're the manager of the emotions <laughs> you know you're instead of being in partnership with them you are now trying to manage the relationship how do i not 
um, make this person mad? How can I not say the wrong thing? How can I, can I keep the house cleaner? Can I keep the children quieter? Can I, you know, all of these things, if you feel like you're more managing the situation as opposed to being in this marriage, I would say at the very least, there are some unhealthy situations that are going on that you can, that maybe you need to be looking at. Also, um, the cycle of, uh, there is a cycle to the abuse mm-hmm. and it's not all bad all the time. If it was all bad all the time, then of course we'd be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not doing this, but there are, it, it starts out that there's the honeymoon phase and this is where there's, you know, what they call like love bombing. And it's very um, rainbows and butterflies and you're, you are wonderful. And, and for me, in my instance, I was the answer to his prayer. He had been praying that God would send him, you know, a Christian girl to help him become the man that he knew he wasn't, but he wanted to be. And so now I'm the answer to the prayer and, you know, all of these things. And so then and this cycle, it, it, you know, it can be, especially when you first start this relationship, this cycle could span out over months or even, you know, a year or so. So it's not like it's going to happen in, you know, a 24 hour period that you're going to go through this whole cycle. But you have the the honeymoon phase and and and, you know, it just feels wonderful. And then you start noticing this tension building. And that's that kind of that walking on eggshells. Like now you're noticing that you're saying things that are that they're becoming irritated by, or maybe you're noticing jealousy and, you know, they, who are you talking to? Why are you, why are you dressed like that? You know, or things like that. And so there's kind of like this tension building phase that then leads to what they call like the explosion. Mm -hmm. And so then maybe you have some big, huge fight, you know, yelling match and, and things like that. And so you have this big blow up, but then comes the honeymoon phase again. And the cycle starts repeating itself over and over and over again. And so, so many times when I have that initial, um, you know, free consultation with someone, I will, I will say, does this sound, um, does this sound like it describes your relationship. And I'll walk them through that. And they're like, yes. I mean, it was just like over and over and over again. But then after the big blow up, you know, I would get flowers at work or he would say, let's, you know, okay, you know, let's go for a weekend. Let's get a weekend getaway, you know, let's whatever. But then it just keeps repeating itself over and over again. Um, And so if you notice those things, if you notice that that cycle keeps repeating itself um, and you feel like you're kind of on this hamster wheel, because, you know, all relationships have, you may have experienced each one of those at different times if you've been in a relationship long enough. Um, but if you notice that it just keeps happening over and over again, then that's a pattern that you need to identify. And yeah. so you're not crazy. You know, these are patterns that you can look for. Um, and there are, there is help. There is help. You, you you may not be getting it from the church and um, you may have to make some really difficult decisions as far 
and that as far as the church is concerned and that's one of the things that you know in the introduction is like how does a, a person of faith go through a divorce without losing their faith and it really can be a crossroads because it can it, depending upon um how your experience with with the church and yeah. how whether they walk with you through it or i have had um the stories that i have heard of them being excommunicated i had a lady share a story with me where she literally got two letters from the church saying you are not welcome here you are not allowed to attend church any anymore here because her husband was a serial adulterer he had had numerous affairs but he didn't want a divorce he wanted to stay in the marriage nice. why would why wouldn't he why wouldn't he uh, and, right. yeah, exactly and so hmm. he because he did not want to get a divorce and she said i'm not doing this anymore he's not changing he's continuing his behavior i am seeking a divorce they told her that if she left him and she and got a, and got a divorce, that she was no longer welcome at that church. Mm -hmm. And not only did she get one letter, but she got two letters from the church saying, you're not welcome here. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, how, you know, how do you, how I do mean, you respond? How do you respond? Yeah, that? That's right. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Continue blessings. Um, I know, I know, goodness. You know, and that 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 really, if you think about um, what Jesus said about his church, I think there will be some rattling of um, some 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 walls. I think so. I mean, who are we than not to to be? Yeah. I mean, that's just terrible. But isn't it wonderful that um, there there is there is there are places and there is certainly support uh, because if you think about how Jesus and the church will be his bride um, and how he loved, you know, her, that he gave his His life for us, you know, his His people, his church. Um, and when we look at uh, the re relationships that husbands and wives, you know, the protector, the nurturer, um, and yeah, it's it's terrible to think of the the experiences. Um, and hopefully, I would hope that uh, she wouldn't allow that terrible, terrible experience mm -hmm. to cloud her uh, into thinking that 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 is what the church is all about. Because it's certainly not the church that Jesus wrote about and yeah. spoke about in. The Bible, that's for sure. So, um, and, so and, yeah. Sorry. And so, when I started the ministry, I actually based it upon John four ten, yeah. and you know, which is encompassed in the story of the woman at the well. Yeah. And you know, Jesus encounters the woman at the well, and um, you know, and he says to her, "If you only knew who I am and the gift." that God has for you, you would ask me for a drink of living water. And, you know, those that are familiar with the story, you know, he, tell, he she says, who are you, um, you know, to speak to me? Who are you a Jew to speak to me, a Samaritan woman? Because she, they weren't, he wasn't supposed to speak to her because her husband wasn't with her. 
And, you know, she's here in the middle, a high noon in the middle of the day, you know, whenever nobody goes to get water. So she's excommunicated. She has to go get water whenever nobody else is around. And he says to her, whenever she says that, well, then go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he says, you are correct. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. And she was like, who are you to know all of this about me? But the thing that is so precious about that story is that Jesus approached, he knew everything about her. He knew that she had been married five times. He knew that she was living with a man that was not her husband. And still he approached her and pursued her and offered her the gift, the gift that God has for her. And so she wasn't um, disqualified. She wasn't disqualified from receiving the love of God and and the living water and to be able to experience that. And um, and so and she goes back and evangelizes to her whole to her whole village. It's amazing. And and is an and becomes an evangelist for Jesus. (laughs) And if divorce disqualified you, well, then, you know. He would have a he would have never spoken to her to begin with. And she and she took the gospel back to her whole entire village and said, come see a man who knew everything about me. Come see a man. And she introduced her whole village to Jesus. Nice. And she was not all and she had had five husbands. <laughs> she had, had five husbands. I mean, if you think that's one of my most I mean, I've got lots of favorite stories, but that is it has to be one of the 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 top because as as you said, I mean, that was prophetic evangelism, wasn't it, really? I mean, there were there were aspects, and of course the Lord knew. And you know what? That that whole ability to be able to speak into the lives of people who searching um, is something that's, you know, each and every one of us is is, is, is church which can can do, which I think is wonderful. But that's right. Here is a woman who was downtrodden, downcast, at, put aside from her um, community, and yet um, she had an appointment on the Lord's calendar, said, I'm going to meet her. And because of that interaction with him, um, and if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that, that is the first um, first evangelist of, yes. of uh, and, and a woman of all things. Yes, not and only a, a woman, but a, a divorced woman. woman. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, in those days, I mean, I've heard so many sermons and talking about the prostitute and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, in those days, let's face it, um, the whole communities were not very nice to the women. Um, were they? And um, there were certain things there. So uh, I'm sure no fault of her own, she may have been abandoned mm-hmm. um, by the men who or, or the, the man who was supposed to be her protector. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we could probably talk about that. That's a whole other conversation. But it's true, yeah. isn't it, that really as his children, as his church, we need to be a little bit more compassionate, I think. So enough with those excommunication uh, letters. I mean, seriously, we should be throwing opening, uh, open our doors and welcoming people in, isn't it? Then, absolutely. I mean, seriously, Carla. We've just scratched the surface on this conversation. As I said, we could pro- probably continue to talk about um, so many very important things. But for people who are listening today, 
or even the recording down the track, if they'd like to find out more about the work that you do, how you can support them, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, you can find me on, if you type in Coach Carla Webb, um, I make it very easy. All of my social media handles are all Coach Carla Webb. My uh, website is CoachCarlaWebb.com. Um, my email is CoachCarlaWebb at gmail.com. So any way um, that you would like, if you'd like to follow me on social media or contact me, uh, just type in Coach Carla Webb and I'm going to pop up somewhere. You're going to be able to find me. Fantastic. Uh, one of the things I'd love to do at the end of each show, Carla, is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? Oh, please, please. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that we had today to speak to Carla about a topic, Lord, that uh, as we have discussed and as, as Carla has shared, is one that um, in, in some instances uh, your church doesn't want to open up a can of worms. However, from what she has shared today, there are many people who are in relationships, Lord, that are not biblically based, that are not loving and caring and nurturing and all of the things that uh, you wanted uh, as part of the constitution of, of relationships and, and marriage between a husband and a wife. Father God, we just pray for Carla and the ministry and the work that she is doing. Um, for those people who need to hear this message, Lord, that uh, perhaps have not gotten the support that they needed, Father, that they will stumble across this message and realise that there is forgiveness, there is uh, support there as they navigate through uh, whatever stage that they're in in their life with their relationships and that uh, um there is a biblical, um, the, the steps and um, and verses in the Bible that will really help us to see what is it in, in the kind of relationship that uh, the Lord wants us to have between husband and wife. So, Father, we just want to thank you for the time that we spent together. We want to pray for uh, those people who may be experiencing, um, yeah, uh, things in, in abuse within their relationship, that they may be courageous enough and be surrounded by those people people who will support them uh, through that. And we know that, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit is there, there, there are miracles that can happen and, and changes of hearts. And we really just pray that wherever anyone is in their, uh, their journey, that they can come closer to you as you continue to work in their lives. So, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let this be a conversation Amen. that we are courageously and boldly um, able to to navigate through. I think uh, there's needs to be a lot of healing that goes into that, isn't it? Yes. A lot of healing through that, and um, yeah, I know the Lord will meet us there if we're willing to open the doors to have that conversation. So thank you so much for the work that you continue to do in this area, Carla. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And this was a great conversation. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.